0: Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Hi, and it's Richard and Linda Iyer with Ayers on the Road. Welcome back.
1: We're always glad to show up on your phone or your computer or wherever you listen to podcasts, and we hope that what we have to say is just kind of a little boost, particularly for families, for relationships, and so on. And appropriately, Linda, we're going to go on to our 13th three-letter lesson. Can you believe we've done 12 three-letter lessons? And if you're a new listener, you may wonder what on earth we're talking about. But we, we're we working on a book Who knows when it'll ever be done, but it's called Three Letter Lessons, and it's the idea of having little sort of word pegs in your mind that remind you of a certain way of thinking or a certain way of prioritizing or a particular way of having a paradigm on the world, how you see the world and this is taken as we've mentioned before partly from Benjamin Franklin who who really believed that you could formulate your character by focusing on certain concepts one at a time and implying them or putting them into all parts of your life and it's always kind of intrigued us
0: it has we've we've been doing this when we first since we first got married um Lawn,
1: remember that. Have we told about the mobile? (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) Oh no, maybe not. I mean, if we have, it's Uh, a long time. I don't think we have. Um, Richard is a little bit goal oriented. You may have noticed um, (laughs) if you've been listening for a while. And uh, when we were in Boston, we were just babies. We had just gotten married. We drove across the country for our honeymoon. Uh, And with my old Ford Falcon (laughs) uh, dragging Richard's Porsche behind us with all of our wedding gifts in it. So, um, we On the way, we just slept in parks.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe a little more information <laughs> right, than they right. need. <laughs>
0: and, and the sprinklers came on. This is
1: way more information than they need. <laughs> anyway,
0: what, what, I, what I'm what just did... saying that But you're a little bit eccentric, <laughs> honey. And so we, um, we decided that we were going to, well, Rick decided that we were going to, he was going to make a mobile to put over our bed so that we could remember
1: no, this, w- we well, were, let we me, now, on. you know, we didn't plan this ahead, but <laughs> let me kind of correct that a little. What we're talking about here is these, these planning of certain characteristics in your mind to grow into them subconsciously. But that's in terms what of I'm of your character. But we, we had developed a little list of words that described the type of pre- people we wanted to be like. I remember one was serendipity and and one was um, joy. And we had these words. And uh, I think it was the second year we were at graduate school, because I think we had our first baby, Saren, and she had a little mobile over her crib, you know, that would turn uh, with so, the wind yeah. and with the, you know, the uh, it, it would just kind of entertain her. So we made a mobile and put it over our bed <laughs> And it had all these words on it. No,
0: honey, not we.
1: You. Okay. Well, you You know, you were were very
0: creative. Very creative. (laughs) And
1: so we would go to sleep or or wake up looking at these words that were describing the type of people we wanted to be. Well, so that's a a long time ago, and that has evolved, and we're now trying to put it in this book called Three Letter Lessons. And this is the thirteenth of the Irs on the Road podcast we've done on. A three-letter lesson. And the one for today, drum roll, yeah. is R-E-L. Now, you get you it, right? Now, you may say, that's not a word. Wait, that's <laughs> not a word. Most of these are actually words, but this one is an abbreviation because it's so important, and we couldn't think of any other way to say it, but with the abbreviation of the word relationships, so, R-E-L is the three-letter lesson, and we want to talk and discuss with you today the overwhelming importance of relationships. They are, would it be going too far to say they are everything?
0: Uh, they're, well, they're, I don't know, would no, be going a little too far. But well, I guess your relationship with everybody, with God, with your friends, your family, and everything. I every mean You went, events, you went yeah.
1: on a walk in the mountains today? a relationship with the earth with nature
0: yeah i know and on the way up the hill a lady stopped me Uh, i was going up a road to get to a path and she said i just i need to tell you that my husband saw a giant moose up ahead about five minutes ago so just watch out i said okay i will back off if i see him uh it is absolutely gorgeous up here today it's um Green and beautiful, beginning of summer. It's actually so, the beginning relationship of summer.
1: R R-E-L. E. And we're
0: having this. <clears throat> I had a magnificent relationship with nature today. Is what I'm saying.
1: Now, if we were to go back a little, those of you who listen regularly, this is kind of a little sequence within the three letter lessons. We we did one on on the word one, trying to become one in our marriage relationships. We did one on fam, f a m, trying to talk about how we're all part of families. There are no single people. We all have parents, we all have siblings, or so many of us do. We have cousins, we have uncles, we have aunts, we have nieces, we have nephews, and the whole idea of how important family is. And think of this today as sort of a culmination of that whole thought process on, on the, the relationships that really matter. And also, we want you to think of this as a kind of a contrast between two types of thinking that we see in the world, and especially as we go around and speak and talk to people across the world. It seems like almost everyone can categorize the things that matter most in their life or the things they're working on or striving for or spending their energy and their time on are and their money on, I suppose, that the two broad categories of things are achievements and relationships. So we've started thinking, and sometimes we have a little presentation we do called R versus A, or A versus R, the, the trade-offs between achievements and relationships in our life. And they're very two very different kinds of things, right? I mean, one is what you try to do, and the other one is sort of who you try to be, and one involves, um, you know, accomplishing things, achieving things, um, and so on, and the other involves relationships, the people we know, the people we relate to, and so on, and they're very, very different, and I think sometimes, Linda, they are in conflict with each other, or, you know, we have to decide how to balance our time between the things we're trying to achieve and the relationships we're trying to cultivate and strengthen.
0: Right. Um, I do think that it's so important though, if you're going to achieve something with another person that, that the relationship is first. I mean, you have to create a relationship. I mean, you don't have to, you can just barge in and say, I have a great deal for you and, you know, take it. But I think yeah. it really needs to start with a relationship, with letting them know that you really do admire them, you appreciate them, or that you're curious about them. So you you're, you're saying
1: that, that oftentimes the, the achievements that we're trying to bring about in our lives are really dependent on the relationships we have.
0: That, so often we have sons <clears throat> who are... Um, running a big company and um they uh, have been trying we're in fact we're going to be speaking with their company tomorrow and it is going to be so interesting because i bet you every single one of their big sales have come because of good relationships
1: sure um sure.
0: and i think you accomplish that in a lot of different ways but you
1: i hope you're not saying i don't think you're saying the 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 relationships are important because they lead to achievements
0: no because they do because they do but it's because you really care about them you really want to know how they are they you really want to know about their lives and what's going on but
1: but that really begs begs the question an interesting question um which is the most important in other words um do do we do we form relationships in order that we can have more achievements or or do we go after various achievements in order to support and maintain our relationships what's which one is the end and which is the means which one matters most in the long run relationships or achievements
0: i don't know it is a really good question I do think think I know. Well, okay. Go ahead. No, I think that achievements always start with good relationships. I mean, begin with good relationships and then you go forth and, and do what you can to achieve what you, what you need. I mean, if it's just relationship with how yourself, do you think, then that's different.
1: How do you think most people measure themselves or how, how do you think we judge or, or, form our estimation of other people is it based on what they've achieved or is it based on their relationships which which do people get the most credit for their achievements or their relationships and and the bottom line is the question i want to keep coming back to which is the most important here's one way to look at it Um, the, and this is not our terminology. We, we, you've probably read this or heard it before, but it's a very interesting way to look at things, a very interesting lens. Uh, there, are, there are resume virtues and there are eulogy virtues. What I mean by that is, you know, when you do a resume and you list, you, you know, the things that you are on your resume those virtues or those qualities are usually achievements. You know, I graduated college. I did this. I accomplished this. I had this job. I finished this project and so on. Those are essentially the resume virtues, are achievements. But when you go to a funeral and when you hear a eulogy of a person there aren't any of those achievement virtues in there. There might be a few, but it's not like I'm now going to read you the resume of this person who died. He was the president of this company and he graduated from this college and so on. Those, those are those are resume virtues. The, the eulogy virtues are the kind of father he was or the kind of person he was or the the things that he did for his friends and so on. They tend to be more relationships. So does that give us a clue as to which of the two is the most important, or at least which of the two is the most lasting?
0: Well, certainly. I mean, um, I think you're talking about a funeral. You've recently went to um, Senator Hatch, who has been a lifelong friend of ours. And, uh, you know, they just didn't talk a whole lot about all of the bills that he passed and all the things that he did, he did some fabulous things, but they mostly talked about what a wonderful person he was and how interesting he was.
1: And how he helped his friends and how yeah. he, what kind of a father he was, but whether, whether it's an important person, like a, like a Senator or just an ordinary person, the, the funeral, the eulogy will always focus. I think, I hope I'm not oversimplifying this on the relationships, on the people, on the, on the kind of person he was and how he related to and helped other people
0: yeah you know though relationships are easier for some people than others and i think we have a son who's a confirmed introvert and uh it's hard for him to relate to people just to walk up and start talking to them, you know, or to get to know them. Yet he has, yet time. he
1: has amazing relationships.
0: He does. I mean,
1: I think, I think some people focus on how many relationships they have and they're all, uh, you know, an inch deep and a mile wide. fellow, well
0: met, all that. Yeah.
1: But other people like our, like this son you're talking about, the relationships that he has are extremely deep and extremely important to him. And, and so on. And here's another thought, Linda. I mean, if you're trying to say which is the most important relationships or achievements, which one do you believe you can take with you? I'm speaking to you, listeners. Can Can you take those achievements with you? I don't think so. Can you take those relationships with you? I don't know what the level of each of our individual faith is, but I personally, and I know many others who believe that the one thing you can take with you is your relationships. That would include your relationship with yourself, the character you've built, the person you've become, the knowledge you've gained is your relationship with yourself. And it reminds me, you know, we, we hardly ever talk about our very earliest books, but the second book I ever wrote 40, more than 40 years ago is a book called Relationships. And the subtitle is with God, with self and with others. And, and that's an interesting way to think about it, that, that maybe the mo- what is the most important relationship? I guess you could argue it's with God or you could argue it's with yourself or you could argue it's with your spouse. Point is there's a lot of really important relationships that we, that, that, that people of faith usually believe carry on after death
0: right i mean not saying that you don't learn about a lot about relationships through your achievements i mean you just learn a lot in your life through the things that you have achieved learning how to deal with people and so on but but the real bottom line is are you perceived as a great person a person who really cares about people that you are dealing with or somebody that is in it for your own yeah, yeah, achievements. Yeah, for so. what
1: you can get out of it. Yeah, and you you keep coming back to that point, and you're convincing me that uh, they're not really opponents. I mean, I was sort of posing it as you know they're trade offs. You're going to either are you going to go for the relationships, or are you going to go for the achievements? And what you're pointing out is they they should complement each other, and they should facilitate the other. In other words, your relationships will allow you to achieve more things. And it is your achievements or your activity in the world that gives you contact with the relationships you form.
0: That's true. And then something else just occurred to me, but we I'm not gonna I'm not gonna divulge it until after a break. We're gonna take this brief break and we'll be back in just a moment.
1: And we'll start with Linda's secret that she's going to reveal. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer, and we're back. Um, it just occurred to me as, as I was sitting here, we have one granddaughter who just is a magnet for relationships. She's a uh, magnet I know who for you're relationships. Of, yeah. It's amazing. And as we're just getting ready for our reunion and so on, I'm talking a lot to the grandchildren and what they all want to know is how, when is Lila going to be there? <laughs> when is she going to be there? Or is is, is Lila going to do this or that? I mean, it is so interesting. They all, they, they go on a big adventure up in Oregon. We'll talk more about that later, but is is Lila going to be there or is Susan's going to be there because when she's there, she takes all Lila's time and I want Lila's time. I mean, it is just really Why, why
1: do you think that is? Why is she? That's an interesting term. She's a relationship magnet. Why she is, is
0: because she really loves the people that she talks to. She engages you. She looks straight at you and then she starts asking questions. I mean, how yeah, often do true. your grandchildren ask questions of you? I mean, you ask them questions all the time, but. Once in a while, they ask you a question, but she is like, how are you doing? What did you do this week? What do you really love? You know, she says things like that. It's just, it's just came with her. She is just, I, I'm sure she's maybe. Well, it's really, it too, it's but.
1: really, it's the gift of love. It's it, Love comes very naturally for, for Lila, because I, I mean, I remember once when she was in like the third grade and I was walking her to school. And when we came to the crossing guard, who was an older uh, woman, uh, Lila went right over and gave her a big hug. Yeah. <laughs> and and I said, Do you do you often hug people like like, like on the street, Lila? <laughs> she said, Well,
0: I, I go just, by her I try day. to hug people
1: that look like they need a hug. Yeah. <laughs> and she thought this crossing guard looked like she needed a hug. Well,
0: and she <laughs> was a friend because she said something to her every day or asked her a question every day. It was just really, it's remarkable. And the more we go into, uh, the as the grandchildren get older, the more I realize that is her magic. I mean, but she came with that. She came with this ability to really love people, but to also develop relationships with people so that they just really feel her love.
1: And we ought to focus more on that kind of gift, right? I mean, we, we, we often hear someone say, Oh, so-and-so is just a go-getter. He just knows how to get things done. Or she just, she can just accomplish more in one day than 10 other people. I mean, we, we hear, we give so much accolade to achieving, achieving, how much did you get done today? Things to do, check them off. We don't very often have a list of you know people to remember today. or, or I mean, we do, but not, it, it, here's the problem. And I'm oversimplifying this, but achievement goals, achievements sort of lend themselves to goal setting, right? Like I'm going to get an A in this class, or I'm going to I uh, get right. this job that I want, or I'm going to earn this much money this year or whatever. And it's measurable and you can subdivide it and you can say, that's my yearly goal. And then my monthly goal is this. And my weekly goal is this. And and we're going to achieve this. We're going to get this done. And I'm not disparaging achievements. I mean, that's the people who learn to get things no, definitely done. Not. Or, or they make the world go around. but relationships don't seem to lend themselves as well to goal setting. I mean, if you want a perfect relationship with your daughter, let's say, I mean, that number one, that doesn't, that's not very measurable. And and how would you segment it? Well, if I want it to be 100% perfect in a year, I want it to be 50% perfect by February or something. I mean, it's just harder we, our, our goal-setting mindsets don't work as well on relationships, but this is the takeaway for today's podcast. We really believe you can set relationship goals, and that's why R-E-L is our three-letter lesson of today, because relationships are, are more important ultimately and eternally than achievements And there is a way to set a relationship goal. And I just want to throw it out there quickly and then let Linda comment on it and we'll spend the rest of the time on it. Um, All a goal is, is a clear vision of something as you wish it to be at some future date. So if your goal is to make, you know, X number of dollars this year, that's a goal and you want to do it by the end of the year and so on. We always think that's a natural thought process for achievements. But how would you set a relationship goal? Same pattern. We need a vision of something the way we want it to be at a future time. So let's say you said, "I, I want to have a certain kind of relationship with this daughter of mine three years from now. Now, how would you set that goal? Here's the tough part it would involve writing a description in your journal or in some private place of the kind of relationship you want it to be at this point in time. Let's say it's, it's three years from now. So you, you're you writing, it is now um, June of 2025. And I'm not saying it has to be three years. I'm just using this as an example. Here is how... Uh, My daughter is now 16. Let's say this is a 13-year-old. She's 16. We are sitting at the breakfast table eating. We are having this discussion. Here is how. I mean, you find some way, and this is why this is not easy. A lot of people say, well, I'm not a writer. I can't imagine that. I don't know how I'd do that. But if you try to write down some kind of a description, it forces you to put yourself three years ahead or however far ahead and think about that child or that person, that spouse, whoever you're writing it about, what will they be like then? What will I be like then? What kind of feeling will exist between us? How much will we trust each other? What things will we talk about? What things will we share with each other? Um, how will I show my concern for her? Um, how will I be aware of what matters to her? And you're, you're forcing yourself to think about what would go into the kind of relationship you want. And you're writing it as a description and you put it in a place where you refer to it. You read it every couple of weeks. You, you ask yourself, am I getting closer to that? And maybe you add to it. Do you think of something else you'd like to be part of that relationship? We have done this. Linda, how many people do you think we've tried to explain how to set relationship goals to
0: a lot of people? And I don't know how many actually went home and worked, worked through it because it's hard.
1: Well, we have some feedback. And, and the main feedback is people say, you know, I heard that idea to write a description of a relationship at a future time. And I really liked it. I thought, gee, that's a great way to set a goal for a relationship. But then they always say, but it was much harder than I thought. Yeah. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons they say it's hard, they'll say, "Oh, well, I'm not a very good writer or whatever. But a lot of them will say, well, I, I started doing it, but I, I realized it was I was writing about this ideal sort of pie in the sky, wonderful relationship. Yeah. And I started saying, I don't want to do this because. I'm going to come to that date in time and it's not going to be as good as I described it. And I'll feel like a failure, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. And I, and we always say, well, that's true with any goal. I mean, if you set a goal to make X number of dollars this year and you fall short, you could look at yourself as a failure or you could say, well, I, I probably did better than I would have if I hadn't had the goal. Right. And it's the same with this relationship goal. If you, If you try to think of important relationships in your life as they would be at a future date, if three years is too far out, try one year and write little descriptions. And this is not just for everyone you meet, right? This is for the key. What are the key relationships in anyone's life, do you think? Well, of
0: course, your spouse, your family, um, and your best friends. um, The ones that are going to be long lasting that you... You know, we will have forever. Obviously, the, that the most important ones. Well, parents, and even. and
1: your your parents, siblings. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you're. They're mostly family, I would say. But your relationship with God, your relationship with Christ, right? Your relationship True. with yourself. You know how you think about yourself. So, so you. Uh, this can be an overwhelming task. Uh, we would we usually suggest to people in, in our presentation that they pick five, five really important relationships. And, and that would certainly be your spouse if you're married. And it would probably be some or all of your children. Could be your parents. Could be God. Siblings. But, but start with five because... Each of these will take some time. Now, this is not, you're not writing a book here. You're writing maybe a one page or two, two or three paragraph description of what you want that relationship to be at a certain point in time. That's the important thing. Put a date on it because a goal is only a goal if it has a time frame, right? Right, exactly. And
0: you are the master of doing that.
1: Well, you are too. I, I in fact, I wanted it, to ask you how way. how did it, how did it work for you when you you still have some of those relationship descriptions? Do you think they came true?
0: Uh, yeah, and maybe went farther in some ways than I thought, and and kind of failed in other ways. But um, I do feel that I have a better relationship with my sister, for example. I just have one sister.
1: Um, I remember you did write a relationship description. She went
0: through a really tough time in her life in college, and uh, those tough times actually create great either great relationships or breakups. I mean, you know, depending on how you handle it. But I think we're so much closer than we would have been without that having gone through that hard time together.
1: Well, I'm going to put this in the form of a challenge, and I'm going to I'm just let's just put it to one. Let, let's challenge you. Don't even think about five different relationships for now. The yeah, challenge exactly. is pick out one relationship, probably within your family, either your spouse or one of your children, or possibly one of your parents. And try this exercise of, and I, I think I'm going to say a year, try A lot of people we've experimented on find that three years gives them a really long-range perspective, especially if it's on a child, because it's hard to imagine your eight-year-old now being 11, and what will they be like, and what will you be like, and how do you want to relate to them? But I would say for this challenge, I'm going to give you, for one year, go one year from now, June of 2023, my relationship with blank And then try to write a page on how you hope that relationship will be. Include things like what you talk about, how much you trust each other, um, what kind of things you share with each other, when do you talk, when do you have the time to, to really ask questions to each other, and so on and see if you can come up with a description of the relationship as you want it a year from now. And I just think you'll learn a lot from that. You'll learn a lot about yourself. You'll, you'll there, There's no downside to this. You don't have to share it with yeah, anyone. Right. This is just for you to keep. And if it begins to work, and the way you know if the goal is working is if it becomes part of your subconscious and you find the way you're talking to that person changing because of this goal you have of the way you want it to be. Maybe you talk a little more respectfully. Maybe you become a little more curious, ask more questions.
0: Oh, I really like this. I'm already thinking of somebody that I would like to have a better relationship with. I think that's a great idea. And if you consistently, when you sit down for your monthly session or or even weekly, what, what am I going to do to improve this relationship? Or what can I do to feel closer to this person or have just a better situation with this um, person? It, it really is a great challenge. So let's, let's do that. i I take your challenge and I think it's a great idea to just focus on one person instead of all your kids or whatever. Just focus on one person. Um, You can do whatever you want. but
1: Yeah, and then if it works, then you can expand it to other important relationships. And bottom line, and then you get the last word, Linda, but bottom line for me is relationships really do on the long run, matter much, much more than achievements.
0: Absolutely. Amen. That's what I have to say. Thanks for joining us today on Ayers on the Road. We hope we've given you something to think about, and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road.
1: Bye till then.